Welcome to episode six of Building Blocks with Brendan. Today we're speaking with Jeffrey from Como Foods around how he started this business, but most importantly speaking around the idea of plant-based food. What I found really interesting about this whole industry in general is that if you were talking to me five years ago and you said some of the hottest businesses coming out are being the plant-based industry, I thought that would be a wild idea. You know, we're about five years ago when I was you know just out of my undergrad for a few years. The hot thing was marketplaces. You know, we had tech, and that was where all the IPOs were coming. That's where all the unique businesses were coming. But nowadays, if you look on the news, if you look at some of the leading research where a lot of these cool tech companies are coming from, is on the plant side of things. Beyond Meat and all these other organizations who have the recent IPOs, you really see how much money and how much thought and even how much science and entrepreneurship is going on in this industry. It is mind boggling. When we spoke with Jeffrey, he really understood was what I found interesting was his whole story within the plant-based industry. He's been a part of some of the largest and groundbreaking organizations all around Canada and really what it took for him to design uh, this new product. What I found interesting about Como was not only the fact that they're plant-based, but, but really the idea behind it. When you think of food, it's really meant for sharing, meant for a time to disconnect from technology and spend with family, friends, really have a moment. No matter the culture, no matter the background, food's always at time to, you know, sit down and disconnect. And how Como's really developing this is really developing shareable foods that are primarily plant-based, if not all plant-based, and really focusing on some of the classics and well-loved food being the shepherd's pie, chicken pot pie, lasagna. What I found interesting about this is someone who has experimented with a lot of food before is being able to share a meal with everyone, you know, typically when you think of buying a lot of these plant-based foods, it's really for one individual, one packaging. Here you make a lasagna, and the idea, how when we were talking about it, funny enough, was that you make it for everyone. It's not just to serve people who are plant-based; it's for everyone to enjoy and get introduced to the world of plant-based foods. And really, that whole idea, that whole industry. I know in my previous podcast talking with Brittany around biohacking, a lot more exploration is being done around what is nutrition really what can we do to help the environment to lead healthier lives and for a lot of people that's going plant-based um, hope you guys enjoy this podcast i mean it was very dynamic very interesting to see how much the industry has grown um and i hope you too you know try some plant-based foods and if you're in the vancouver area try como foods out i know they're um really taking orders now and starting to grow quite a bit more, especially around the mainland and around uh, the cities around Vancouver. So hopefully enjoy this podcast and it doesn't make you too hungry. Connecting, we never really got a chance to connect too much during our MBAs. We both went to UBC. Um, but since then, you've really been in the natural food industry. Like, seems like most of your career, very niche. I feel it's like a very Vancouver thing compared to a lot of Canada. So how'd you get mm -hmm. into that industry? I feel it's not the most common thing when you think of either startups, you must think of tech or computer-ish things, but natural food really doesn't seem like a common path for a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, thanks for having me, Brendan. Um, here, and I guess my story really starts, I was in UBC uh, first year figuring out like what I want to do, like what, where do I want to go? Uh, I knew I wanted to do science. I knew I wanted mm -hmm. to do something related to science and something that I can really use my skills of being analytical. Um, but, you know, being in biology sounded too broad or chemistry being too broad. And mm -hmm. I kind of grew up around food. You know, my parents used to own a restaurant and I really enjoyed watching cooking shows uh, 
and I really enjoyed cooking. And I felt like, okay, I came across food science and I was like, oh, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I get to create products and I'm going to see my product on the shelf. It's going to be the most validating thing. So I made, my, made it my goal uh, during that time to get into the program and to actually see, create a product and see it on shelf in the grocery store. So that was my goal. Um, and then going through kind of just work like co-op and work terms at school, I landed in the plant-based food industry. So at a company called Daya Foods locally in Vancouver. And I came in at a time where, you know, plant-based was really, really growing. Um, at that point, Daya Foods was around five years old and they were growing very fast. You know, they make dairy-free cheese at that time, uh, but looking to expand into yogurts and pizzas and different types of products that are all dairy-free and plant-based. So I kind of got into that space and I, I stayed there, you know, I stayed there for a good four years uh, in product innovation and development. And it was one of the best, best experience ever. Uh, we, our team was given a lot of kind of freedom to just create, you know, this is a space that was really untapped. It was like, you know, here's a project, go make it, or we'll be making, make things in our kitchen and we would be able to commercialize it and actually see it on shelf. So we saw a lot of products actually that I worked on uh, go onto shelf. Um, and then I joined another company called Vega after that, again, also plant-based nutrition leaders in plant-based nutrition. And, you know, after that I decided just to, you know, that I could build a great product. I wanted to build, learn how to build a great brand. Um, Vega is an amazing brand. They're really focused on brand innovation, um, really knowing their consumers. So I decided to go back to UBC and MBA. And I guess that's where we, we cross paths, uh, and in, in the MBA program, there's an internship, as you know. Uh, so I thought, you know, why don't I try the cannabis industry? You know, I love the entrepreneurship. I love the the fast moving pace and the cannabis industry. Entire industry is almost like a startup in itself. You know, yeah. people are trying to figure out what to do. And I know they needed CPG experience. So I went in and tried it out um, at Pearson Farms, which is also a local, local company, mm -hmm. a great brand, amazing company, amazing products. Um, but I felt, you know, through the five months there, I was like, you know, my passion is in food. Uh, there's a great opportunity with cannabis and it's uh, going to be growing. Um, but I knew I wanted to go back into food. And then kind of within that time frame, I also uh, turned plant-based. So I turned vegan myself. Uh, so I've been working in the industry a long time. Um, I haven't turned plant-based. I've done like 30, 30 day kind of challenges i'm not sure if you've done that yourself yeah. but i haven't turned fully plant-based so mm -hmm. i decided to do it uh in august of last year and uh, i was like i'm, I'm gonna build a plant-based food company after i done do my finish mm -hmm. my mba do it from a kitchen do it from wherever i'm gonna build it from scratch and uh, i think the passion was there the skills were there and i like and now you know now there's como <laughs> como mm -hmm. that that is so i've been experimenting with food for quite a you know quite a bit i guess with everyone when you go through like your early 20s it's like you get most people get into fitness you try new things i've never went as far as to go completely plant-based or vegetarian at all but it was one of those things where you know you're always for me at least was always looking into it doing research at least converting more and more of my diet into plant-based one because when i was an undergrad yeah. it was cost savings you see just like way too much meat and when i realized i had to buy my own groceries i was like Oh, chicken and meat is not cheap. Like I can get, mm -hmm. a, I guess you say poor plant-based diet, just like beans and rice. I'm like, this is so filling and so cheap. I'll just eat this every day. Um, right. But then more, especially when moving to Vancouver, I'm from Toronto, I guess, originally or natively. And then um, Vancouver was a whole different scene. I mean, there's so much more pl 
plant-based diets, but also the understanding of more options. I feel like food tastes a lot better. But what I found very interesting, especially with this whole, like you're saying, the entrepreneurship style life, this whole plant-based movement as well, mm-hmm. although it's been around forever, many cultures have been, prim- you could say primarily plant-based, but really booming right now, which is like an exciting time. You never, I would have never pictured like one of the hottest industries, especially when like the IPO of um, a few of those like Beyond Meat, meat. Beyond meat mm-hmm. was like the hottest thing after like you have all these tech companies and you're like, now nah, move aside this bi- like biological realization this new technology making this new meat is becoming the hottest thing so because you both did the mba going through the mba did you feel that helped your entrepreneurial spirit did you feel it hindered or like kind of what did you take out of it because i find an mba is one of those things where mm-hmm. everyone out for, for me personally this is my own story it's like everyone before going to mba was like you don't need it waste of time yeah. it's gonna crush yeah. you they're gonna make you focus <laughs> like you know you're just corporate mind it's all gonna be bottom line i found through yeah. ubc especially it was very entrepreneurship and like understanding yeah. how to safely minimize risk and it helped me a lot but right. kind of how did what was your experience already being entrepreneurial before and kind of going through the program do you think it helped hinder kind of what was your experience with that yeah no good question i think uh one thing i didn't mention is that uh, kind of along the way when i was at vega I had an idea of my friend to start a company called Schmear Naturals, which is a plant-based skincare brand. Um, you know, we started on Etsy. Right now we have our own Shopify site. We're in like mm-hmm. really mom and pop shops kind of across Canada and US. Mm-hmm. It's a small, it's a passion business, passion mm-hmm. project, and it's going to ma- remain that way. But really that was kind of the first step into entrepreneurship. And it, I really enjoyed it. That kind mm-hmm. of also propelled me to do the MBA because I was like, hey, mm-hmm. I don't know how to build this business if I do want to build it. Um, so I knew the MBA would help me, especially in my background and kind of more on the technical side for, at that point. So the MBA, I, I, I loved it. I thought it was super useful for what I needed. I think one of the, the things about the MBAs and I tell MBA program and I tell people that is like, it's what you put in and what you get out. Um, so I, I put in a lot of effort into it. And I think our, especially UBC, the program is very entrepreneurship, um, Kind of focused so i took a lot of those courses as mm-hmm. you probably did which i think really helped kind of put a mm-hmm. framework around the basics of like yeah minimizing risk on starting a business and how to really know your consumers like know that what know the problem that you're actually solving with consumers um which i think was very eye-opening i think sometimes we think about okay i'm just going to create this product i love it it's amazing but is it actually solving the problem for consumers is it big enough a big enough market um i think that's that's kind of putting that kind of framework or that mindset and having that um kind of showed showed to me through the mba program was was super useful and that's I, i used a lot of that Right now, maybe not like exactly those frameworks, but at least when I think through problems, mm-hmm. um, it's and how I kind of strategize for uh, Como Comfort Foods, which we can kind of talk about later, is mm-hmm. a lot of it's based on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I found I found it really useful, especially like you were saying, is it I wouldn't say how me become more creative. I mean, that's kind of hard to do, although I do truthfully do feel it did teach me new ways to become creative but i do mm-hmm. think like you're saying it's like okay you have an idea now how do i stress test it instead yeah. of needing to hire those people to be like okay because i you know a little bit about finance you know a little bit about product market fit and that's the biggest thing if you're like oh what problem am i actually solving that sounds so i mean i talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and that sounds super simple like oh 
whoever's going to buy, I'll just research it. I'll give a few surveys. It's like a never ending process. And you'll be surprised how many large companies are like, we actually don't really know who our key market is. Yeah. I mean, but what I like about your story as well is that like you went plant-based as well. So you're obviously like living what I wouldn't say you're preaching, but like living what you're doing as well. Do you find, especially within plant-based more generally, where is the, I guess, resistant, I don't think there's resistance, mm-hmm. but like, is the biggest challenge like taste availability, like ease yeah. of eating? Like what kind of, what, what have you found? Cause you've been in the industry for quite a while. Mm-hmm. What are some of the hindrance to that? Or is it just very, is it more costly as well? So it's just a combination of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that definitely a combination for myself, you know, I would never have thought I would be plant-based. <laughs> it would never have crossed my mind. Like 10 years ago, when I first joined Daya, mm-hmm. one of the interview questions was like, what is your favorite food? And I was like, it's steak <laughs> and like <laughs> spaghetti bolognese with meat sauce. And like, that was actually my answer. And uh, I think looking back now, I was like, that's a horrible answer to an interview <laughs> question for a plant-based yeah. company. But I was honest, hey, that was, it was that. Um, yeah. But now kind of going through kind of 10 years and uh working in the industry and just seeing i think the major challenges that we we found when we talk to plant-based consumers is that it's really that the routine you know food is just so tied to who we are as people right it's tied to how we grow up our nostalgic foods or like you know foods we share with our family um especially for myself you know growing up in a chinese family you know we it's sharing is a big thing you know sharing food is a big component we always eat the same dishes and mm-hmm. um by change by me becoming plant-based like a lot of that has to change and a lot of the dishes are very meat-centric um mm-hmm. so then my family has to kind of come on this journey with me because there will have to be more if we want to continue mm-hmm. sharing food and not just me have my own dish uh mm-hmm then it, that has to change. So I think that's a, that's one of the pieces that I've experienced. Um, and I think the cooking know-hows, I think some people think that, you know, becoming plant-based, you're really limited in terms of what you can't eat, um, which I don't, I, true, you, you, you're not really going to be eating meat or fish or, or dairy anymore, but I think it really opens you up in terms of what, how creative you can be uh, in the kitchen. And I think that, that takes time though, right? That takes a lot of time to learn relearn how you cook your foods your favorite foods or new foods um and that you know not everybody has that luxury of time and uh, coming with that it's a cost as well you know um i think brands like impossible impossible and beyond meat they're doing a great job as trying to lower the cost of you know their plant-based options or meats but sometimes it could be more expensive um and a lot of times you could be more expensive to cook to eat plant-based but you know if you're eating those beans the beans and rice, you really, you could save a lot mm-hmm. of money as well if you're not eating meat. So I think there's just, yeah, I think people are getting more and more on board for sure. And it's not like black and white, you have to go plant-based mm-hmm. 100% or or not. I think there's definitely like, you know, have one mm-hmm. meal a week and start with that. And it could be a way to just like expand how you, your, your cooking portfolio, your knowledge of ingredients mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I found for me, especially like the more you, limit your like so if you're like okay, i'm gonna go plant-based it does force you to like experiment with new foods new spices and new mm-hmm. things and you can always if you decide not to stay plant-based you can always just add different things i think that was the biggest thing like okay i'm gonna try to eat these types of foods only let's see how you can you know make the beans and rice a little more yeah. exciting or like homemade hamburgers like vegan burgers like there's so many different ways you can experiment that 
when you're had, if you didn't limit yourself, you've never got there. And what I found funny with plant-based food is that before knowing a lot about the industry, it's like very scientific, like cut mm-hmm. bleeding edge. It is like the cutting edge of science is in the food. So I always thought like, oh, how is impossible? And all these companies doing it. Is it just like rebranding? It's like, no, they're making new cells. Like they're mm-hmm. redefining it. So I found, I yeah. found it kind of interesting as well that like, if you, depending on how long ago you looked in plant-based, like if you were 10 years ago, you're, you tried it right now, it's a nine day different industry. There's so many different foods, which you would think food's been around for ever, but how mm-hmm. it's now it's really pivoting as well as very unique. So it's even one of those things where every year the food gets, I use it cheaper, better tasting, I guess would be fair mm-hmm. to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but as well as more creative as people like literally do science on food. Like you said, food science is an actual right. degree, actual interesting thing, which I would have never thought when I was younger that that would be a degree you could get that is actually like bleeding edge where like it's a yeah. huge industry right now. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, I'm pretty amazed at what is happening in the food industry. I mean, some of it, to be honest, for me is a little scary because it is quite kind of at next level advanced, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like culture and meat. I'm sure, I'm mm-hmm. sure you've yeah. kind of heard about, learned about that. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's really interesting, you know, whether I would try it. I'm like, I would try it for sure. Whatever would be a regular consumer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I just need to get accustomed to it. Um, but mm-hmm. even just like um, impossible burgers, I had one at white spot mm-hmm. the other day and it was so amazing. It was like, I was like, is this real meat or is this not like mm-hmm. it got to a point, like even I've been mm-hmm. in industry for so long and I was so surprised at how far it's gotten in just like a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I do think it comes to the point then when you're like, it's not, I don't know if it's an ethical debate, but it's when the point where you're like, if it tastes so much like me, are you kind of getting away from the whole learning? Well, for me, going plant-based or mm-hmm. looking at plant-based was not so much, truthfully, for like reduction, redu- reduction of meat. It was more for like eating more veggies, as simple as it sounds, and figuring out. So then the more I gone to Impossible, I was like, I'm kind of cheating. I'm kind of like eating vegetables, but I'm not learning to like them, which is kind of like a, like, I, I don't know why, I think. Maybe everyone in their 20s learns to love Brussels sprouts. Like Brussels sprouts are my favorite thing now because yeah. I started experimenting with different foods. But it's such a, like you're saying, such a unique time now where it's almost getting to that, like cr- literally creating, like you said, like uh, manufactured mm-hmm. meat, which is like, how far are we going with this? But yeah. going back to kind of what you're doing now with Como, kind of what, what is, how would you, you know, not the elevator pitch, but how would you describe it? Kind of what is the mission? Kind of what is it trying to do in your own words? Yeah, so Como Comfort Foods, we launched uh, last last month in March. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're a Vancouver plant-based uh, food startup. Uh, we make plant-based comfort foods. Uh, we, the term we use is plant-based comfort foods worth sharing. So where we saw space, you know, there's a lot of, you know, murder, burgers and sausages and cheese companies out there is that there seems to be a, like a lack of kind of prepared plant-based foods mm-hmm. that people can really easily create a meal out of. Um, so really what we've launched so far is our, uh, plant-based lasagnas, shepherd's mm-hmm. pie and chicken pot pie. Uh, they're all in frozen, they're all frozen and you can just pop into the oven and have, um, a, a meal with your family. Mm-hmm. So there's a few things we, we pride ourselves on is really using wholesome ingredients only. So we try to keep the ingredient list very clean. I think a lot of, a lot of things about a lot of plant-based products, maybe try to mimic the real product like the animal based mm-hmm. product too much. And they use a lot of additives in there to get to that point. So we try to use only wholesome ingredients. Um, our, 
our products are about sharing, you know, multi-serving. Mm -hmm. We think food should be shared. Um, so we have, you know, four to five to six servings in our pot pie and lasagna uh, and shepherd's pie so that people can enjoy the same products together. Mm -hmm. um, and then lastly, it's comfort food, which is familiar favorites. So we mm -hmm. chose specifically these. I mean, these are really North American familiar favorites, but we think they have familiar textures and flavors and just experiences that everybody can enjoy. You know, a, a goal for us is like if our lasagna on the table can spark a conversation of, about plant-based or like make someone have the aha moment that, oh, mm -hmm. plant-based food can actually taste really good. Um, you know, whether it's your your dad or your your, mm -hmm. your grandma, you know, who's mm -hmm. not used to plant-based foods, then that's a win for us, right? You mm -hmm. have those conversations around the dinner table and you have something that you guys can all enjoy together and not feel like you're missing out. That really is our mission. And really our mission is to share share the love of plant-based foods. And right now we've launched our frozen meals and working on a few new products coming soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like how you you know, tied everything together, how like food is so much about like relate like a relationship, like sitting down yeah. with family and a lot of time, like you said, it's really tied into who you are as a person. And like the idea, like it's like being able to share it. Like if you make the lasagna, it's not like, oh, we have to make you a specific mm -hmm. one. It's like, hey, this is for everyone. And how you described it, I like the almost like the idea like it's not if someone were to make it it's not like oh this is the you know plant-based lasagna it's like this is the lasagna we're eating for everyone like this is yeah. the meal we're having it's nothing it is special but it's not like purposely trying to be like lying not lying but like mm -hmm. mimicking or trying to be something else it's not it's like hey this is just a meal we can eat together and share together and you, like you said like having a parent or a grandparent who would have within their generation within their life would never have a reason to, to switch i know my grandparents are like i'm 90 years old why am i changing like i'm how like, why am i changing now i've lived this long like why why do this but at least having those conversations like hey try something different and like you said a lot of times when i even look for plant-based it's like okay i a lot of prep involved it's just nice to throw something yeah. in the oven and get it up and going but like you said you started this or you worked on this about you know with during covid how has that been going i mean with just developing probably getting it out there the marketing how has that affected you or has it not affected you that much because people are still eating yeah i think that the the thing about food is we need to get it into people's hands and get in get them to try mm -hmm. the product uh that's a big part of getting your you're getting your brand out there as a food brand so that has been very limited obviously mm -hmm. um we weren't uh we're not able to do any sampling you know in-store sampling or so, you know, that we haven't been able to really figure out too much, I'd say. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, I think COVID <laughs> gives us a lot of time to focus, <laughs> especially yeah. myself, a lot of time to focus on one thing. And that, that's kind of helped in a sense that I don't have a lot of distractions. This is what I, my, mm -hmm. takes all my attention. And I think a lot of people in our team as well. Um, but also, we just have to be very careful. We know that we're, as a startup, if any of us gets, you know, sick, um, mm -hmm. that that's going to be pretty detrimental to us as a startup. Um, but overall, I think, you know, people need to eat. And whether it's COVID or not, I think it's, we know people are also dining more at home mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. now. So that I think that's, it, our meals are coming in at a good time for that as people are online more and shopping more mm -hmm. in terms of, delivery to their home um, and want more have more cooking fatigue i think that's mm -hmm. a big thing too you know everybody has to prepare three meals a day for their family and 
ours are easy. So we pride mm -hmm. ourselves on having easy products because right now, if you want to serve your family a plant-based meal, what are your options? You cook, you get delivery, or you get frozen vegan pizza. There's really mm -hmm. not a lot of options out there that yeah. are like frozen, wholesome, that you feel good mm -hmm. about serving your family, um, that they would probably enjoy. So we feel like we're mm -hmm. coming in a niche that kind of fills that space. Yeah, at the right time. And how, I know you said, you know, they're typically North American favorites. How did you come up with, or how did they come up with the, you know, the different, pro, I mean, shepherd, you said shepherd's pie, uh, chicken pot pie, and lasagna. How did you come up with those? Were those like the most common ones, or did you find those would be like the easiest to transition into plant-based meals as well? We, so we did competitor research or just, I guess, market research, just mm -hmm. look at what's in the market right now. Um, mm -hmm. We wanted to focus on the, these classic, I mean, I grew up in Canada as well. And like, mm -hmm. just these classics that like I grew up eating as, as well. I had school <laughs> yeah. lunch, I had like lunch at school, um, a school lunch program. And we always had these mm -hmm. same dishes that came back. And like, we also want yeah. to focus on build a bit of nostalgia into our brand. Um, mm -hmm. So our branding even itself is like a comfort nostalgia, modern comfort nostalgia. Mm -hmm. um, so tying back to a little bit about to what people, you know, are used to eating mm -hmm. um, growing up or even obviously they eat it now. So lasagna obviously is number one comfort mm -hmm. food <laughs> across the board. Whether you look in the frozen <laughs> aisle, like there's a bunch of lasagnas, whether it's like something very value-based or something that's even there's family mm -hmm. size lasagna. Same with shepherd's pie and chicken pot pie. Um, so we want to, for us, mm -hmm. we want to focus more on like very meaty and dairy classics. So we focus, we do focus on like plant meat and plant mm -hmm. dairy classics um, and, yeah, and make mm -hmm. them, yeah, plant-based versions. Um, so like, for example, we wouldn't really, mm -hmm. we're not aiming to make like a, a lentil pie, you know, because we want mm -hmm. to help people transition to more plant-based diets. And we know that kind of focus on these meaty and more dairy centric dishes is what people are looking mm -hmm. for because that's familiar to them and their palate and their, their memories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it is very interesting. I know, like you're saying, lasagna is a comfort food. I've probably eaten more lasagna now during COVID than any yeah. time in my life, just because you can buy like a 30 pound lasagna, throw it in the oven. And then you're like, I have all three meals for the next four days. Like it's perfect, super easy, super shareable as well. Though I'm technically just sharing it with myself, even though it says serving for five, it's serving yeah. for one in one day. But, uh, no, it's been, it's been an interesting time, especially, I think one of the things we've seen during COVID as well, I'll ever doing research, but I'm just, my assumption would be like, everyone start COVID, you start snacking heavily and you're like, okay, now I have to start, I'm cooking every day. I'm around food a lot more. Let me look at unique different things so i'm not going to eat out as much so like you said mm -hmm. something easy at home that's a little bit unique and different really is a good time for that or a good time to try it out um but i guess you know you've like you said you've your experience is quite vast very focused in one industry but mm -hmm. if someone you know wanted to get into the industry or like you know they were maybe plant-based most of their life and they kind of wanted to work in the startup world how would you recommend or kind of how do you think it's effective to get to do some, I guess, do something similar you're doing or how would you get into the industry? Is it better to have the bio background and move into it because it's pretty bio focused or is it really the entrepreneurship aspects to it? Kind of what is your experience kind of getting to work for those companies you work for and getting into the industry? Yeah, good question. I think. You know, we talked about kind of the MBA program, what we took away from mm -hmm. it and kind of building Como, how I've approached it 
kind of with that mindset of like, you know, let's minimize risk. Let's know our consumers mm. and test our, test our idea is right now we're kind of in that MVP phase, you know, mm. the minimum viable product phase. Let's test this idea that we have that we can sell a $30 mm. vegan plant-based lasagna. Um, mm. That's not currently in the market. That's a niche product uh, mm-hmm. that's family size. We believe families mm. are asking for this or want this because mm-hmm. they want to serve their family plant-based wholesome products. Um, so let's mm-hmm. test it out. You know, that's my hypothesis. That's my thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, are we sure people want it? Is there a big enough market for it? So, you know, when I was going into this, how do we minimize costs? How do you minimize the risk? And for us, mm-hmm. for me, for us, we we're right now we're renting out a, um, a commercial kitchen uh, out, during mm-hmm. a, out of a space that was doing catering before COVID and doing a little bit catering now, but we're renting mm-hmm. out part of that kitchen part-time to really create these foods and sell them direct to consumer. So direct to consumer, we built a website uh, so we can get mm-hmm. that direct feedback from consumers, send out surveys and get feedback. Are, is our product good? You know, mm-hmm. Is there any improvements you, should, you would make? Are people coming back to purchase a second time? So you really get that feedback before we really scale, uh, really let's invest in a plant or invest mm-hmm. in a co-manufacturer to scale the product. And, you know, mm-hmm. out of the three products, is there one that's more successful? Is that going to be our leader product? So kind of, mm-hmm trying to keep the costs uh, in check, but also making sure that everything we do, we're testing and getting answers that can help guide us into the right direction before we really invest mm-hmm. into it and build out the business and build out the brand. And mm-hmm. we're also really focused on local. Um, we're focused, we want to build our brand. We're, you know, we're based in Vancouver. We want to build this brand locally with a, with a great mm-hmm. plant-based community um, or just a community, a food, food scene mm-hmm. in general. Um, so let's build it locally. Let's do, we're signing up for farmer's markets. We're like, you know, delivering locally from UBC to mission. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I do some of the deliveries mm-hmm. myself and we just trying to build this brand locally and get that feedback locally and going to really small stores, mm-hmm. um, our independent stores to sell our products. Um, so what, for my advice mm-hmm. for anybody kind of wanted to go into the food space or start a food brand is, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of commissary kitchens. I think that's kind of the, one of the best ways to, to get into it. Uh, like, mm-hmm. you know, it, you do have to, you know, pay rent, <laughs> like the rent is not cheapest, but you, there, there's mm-hmm. very flexible rates. And I think they, they understand they want to work with mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and people that want to start a small business is, you know, go in, make a batch, make a small batch, and then try to sell it, you know? Don't print, mm-hmm. don't print thousands of labels. Don't, don't make custom packaging. Just get, mm-hmm. get everything off the shelf and like make it look good enough that mm-hmm. you can sell it. Um, and then get that feedback and then mm-hmm. go from there. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I like what you said about that, like making it good enough. I think that's one of the hard things, especially when starting a business or doing anything, you're like, you have such a beautiful dream you're like i need this to be perfect this is the you know feedback on what this is exactly mm-hmm. what i'm going for but a lot of times as off very times either cost prohibitive or it's like maybe something that no one really wants like like you're mm-hmm. saying like you're you're developing three products maybe the shepherd's pie is by far more popular because of a niche or you know specific need and without testing you never know so i think yeah. like you're saying like just getting it selling it when people start paying is when you really start getting feedback because I, I know when I used to do surveys for startups, it was like, would you be interested in buying this product? And they're like, for sure. And you're like, well, we have five. Do you want to buy one? They're like, ah, no, I don't want to buy one. And you're like, oh, <laughs> when you get people to pay, you really start learning a lot quicker what people like and, and dislike. Um, but one interesting thing is maybe, and it could just be because I was more 
ingrained when they went to UBC with the NBA, that, yeah. with the people around there. But why is Vancouver such a epicenter for food? Like maybe just because the NBA, I mean, when I was getting the NBA, there were like all these earnest ice cream, sustainable, all these other food-based companies out of UBC. Is it a Vancouver thing from when you were doing research or is it like, why is food so important in Vancouver specifically? Or is it, am I just not seeing it other places as well? Because I was so in, connected within the industry there. I don't know. Good question. I mean, I, I grew up in, I was born and raised in Vancouver, so I've never noticed anything kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, even when I visit other places, it's like very food focused, but because I am looking for that food. So I'm like, yeah. oh, this is great food here. Uh, but I think everywhere you look, there's great food. Mm-hmm. But I guess, yeah, Vancouver is more, I just, of, the food seems mm-hmm. more focused. Yeah. I, I, I find what interesting with Vancouver is that there's a lot more food-based companies. I guess that let me rephrase right. it. Food-based right. companies out of Vancouver, uh, maybe compared to Toronto and they, uh, maybe because I'm just from like similar to I'm from Toronto, Vancouver. I only have like two samples, never been to LA or San Francisco where food's yeah. also popular, but it just seems like Vancouver is one of those places where like so many food plant-based organism based yeah. companies start there. And I, maybe just the lifestyle, like a lot of people are truthfully much more health conscious. Like everyone goes for a walks. I thought one thing I found funny in Vancouver was that gyms weren't as popular as in Toronto, but everyone hiked and walked all the time. Like everyone mm-hmm. was just in better shape and outside more. So it could be that as well. People are more conscious of their uh, diets, but yeah, it was just, it's just super interesting. Like since going to Vancouver, I've all, Toronto, all the startups I knew were tech go to Vancouver. It's like half of them are food-based. I'm like, Whoa, I've never heard of this before. And it's such, and it could be the industry as well. Now it's booming, but, um, it was great connecting. So if people want to kind of follow the story, get involved, kind of learn a bit more, how would they stay in touch or would they follow you through LinkedIn, through an Instagram, kind of what are your social handles? Yeah, we're on both LinkedIn and Instagram at Como, K-O-M-O, Comfort Foods with an S um, or our website, www.comocomfortfoods.com. Uh, right now we're just in Metro Vancouver. So we haven't started mm-hmm. expanding across the provinces yet, but that hopefully will come soon. Um, yeah, we have new products coming out. We're going to be doing farmer's markets. If anybody's in Coquitlam or Port Moody, hopefully we'll be there mm-hmm. over the summer. Uh, and you can, you can see me there working the booth. Um, but yeah, we're super excited to build out this, this brand and really just share more plant-based foods, make it easier to eat plant-based. 